You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. What is going on? Happy, where are we at today? Happy Wednesday. Tom's in a good mood. It's all happening. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. I got a humbug Christmas conundrum. Then I got to ask Pretty Daddy, the executive producer over here. We, we reverse roles, apparently, and we start celebrating Christmas in September. I'm the Scrooge, and he's a wannabe ghost of Christmas all the time. Can't wait to have that talk with, with my guy. Good to be back. Draymond Green went full UFC on Rudy Gobert. But I've got an actual truth behind the stupidity, a fact behind the melee and as much as I like Gobert's theory that, that Draymond just wants to get out of the game when Steph's not there, I think, it, I think it, there's a deeper meaning in the faux fight that we saw unfold against a really good and surprising Timberwolves team. I was gone yesterday. I'm back today. We're going to rock some NFL power rankings today. I was off, and Roger Goodell didn't hit me up and said, Bill, my guy, I can't get through my Tuesday without power rankings, and so I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to do it on a Wednesday. We're just going to bring sprinkle a little bit of that Tuesday magic on a Wednesday show. Howard Beck's going to be on the program. Our longtime buddy, NFL, no, NBA. I got the wrong sport. NBA insider for the ringer. Yeah, I'm sharp. Uh, buy or sell is coming up, and we'll we'll get into some college football and Georgia leaping Ohio State for absolutely no reason. Maybe maybe I'm, maybe we're all missing it. Maybe the committee is actually making decisions on a week delay or a two-week delay to just kind of throw us off a little bit. Pretty exciting. All right, 855-2124-CBS. Big breaking news coming out just before the show. Deshaun Watson is out for the year, and what we already knew to be true is now locked in stone. This is the worst contract in NFL history. It is the worst decision in terms of bringing in a player and paying a bunch of money in the history of the National Football League. We can give, I'm not going to, but you, you know what? You can give... Deshaun his flowers, and maybe he's earned a few for playing through the pain and reportedly wanting to continue to play through this shoulder injury that sidelined him for the rest of the year. None of it changes the fact he is the highest paid quarterback in the history of the game in terms of pure guaranteed money. It was a record-breaking decision that changed the economics, nearly permanently changed the economics of the NFL. It was money directed toward a guy with massive talent, but obviously a huge blemish in terms of accusations and a dark cloud over him, off-field issues, and it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Deshaun Watson is going to be a failure by those standards, and the Browns are going to wreak the consequences, as well they should. As well they should. Here's the news. Good win, really good win, for the Browns over the weekend against the Ravens. Deshaun Watson played fine but but gutted it out. I mean he was he was fine. He's good at the end. He was sort of it was an encapsulation of his season. He's got seven touchdowns and four picks through six games this year. Now he's missed almost four games, three plus games to injuries the shoulder and, and a concussion earlier in the year. And the Browns are are six and three. They're they're currently a playoff team. They're they're currently in pretty good shape. And Watson, it turned out, was playing through a shoulder fracture, an actual broken bone in his throwing shoulder on top of an ankle injury. And this injury is going to sideline. He's going to be out for the year. 
and it's going to reinforce a couple things. One, Deshaun Watson is never going to be at the level that he was because he wasn't even at the level that he needed to be to justify that contract and to reclaim what was... Look, put aside the things that he's accused of doing. And for me, there's enough smoke there. There's enough accusations. There's enough ugliness. I would not bring him into my football team. That would be enough for me to say no thank you. But put that aside for a moment on the football end. The reason the Browns did it, took the PR hit, paid him the money, maybe as importantly, for the owner at least, enraged maybe the rest of the National Football League and the rest of the owners in fully guaranteeing Watson's deal and trying to re, almost resetting how quarterbacks get paid and how football teams are, are built, all that was predicated on the reality, not the hope, the reality, before Deshaun Watson found himself suspended for a very long time, he was almost Patrick Mahomes in terms of output and production at the quarterback position, at least in the regular season. If you go back to the beginning of Watson's career and the beginning of Mahomes' career, in terms of pure numbers, excellence, dominance, they're similar. They're in a similar range. And while Patrick Mahomes has a remarkable organization with Andy Reid and has won Super Bowls, we've talked nonstop about the, the AFC Championship five straight times, the three Super Bowls, the two wins. Deshaun Watson, before his own troubles, was mired in absolute dysfunction in Houston, trading away key wide receivers, not building a competitive football team when he was there, having coaches that just didn't work and couldn't get to the next level. And there was every reason to believe, just from a football project perspective, if you could bring that guy and that Deshaun Watson in, and you could drop him into a team with some talent. And the Cleveland Browns have some talent, even though they are offensive linemen and running back are also injured for the rest of the year. It's a talented football team. You'd think, we can, we can make noise. We can make a run. There's no reason if, if, if this is the version of Sean Watson we're going to get that we can't do what the Bengals have done, that we can't do what people thought the Bills would do and are not going to accomplish, that we can't maybe even be the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of consistent shots at Super Bowls and maybe we win some. But that Deshaun Watson's gone, and, and he's not coming back. He had not returned this year. He'd been fine. We've had people on the show say, oh, he's almost there, we're glimpsing it. I'm not sure it was ever going to be reclaimed. And now that you're talking about surgery from and recovery from a severe injury in his throwing shoulder, he is never going to get back to the place that he had been. And that is in a vacuum. That shoulder injury, given the the level that we have yet to see him play, for me equals, oh man, Cleveland, you're in deep trouble. This is a terrible contract. It's one you can't get out of. It's one that's guaranteed. And there's also a reality Again, in a vacuum, but apply it to this to this this news. Deshaun Watson, with his time away from the game, and there's always going to be strange consequences when players in or near their prime take off massive amounts of time. It doesn't happen very often. There's not a big sample size. The best example is actually baseball, where we've seen it's been a while because it's happened enough, where we've seen players, pitchers, get drafted with a top five or top ten pick buy a team they don't want to play for and just say to hell with it, I'm not going to sign, I'm not going to report, I'm going to go play independent ball somewhere. And a lot of these guys never even make make the majors, never reclaim even that level. doesn't happen a lot in the National Football League. I guess Michael Vick's probably an example, never got back to the same level, had some sparks. Deshaun Watson has been, since this layover, since this layoff, has been fragile, has been unable to stay healthy, has been unable when on the field to get in any kind of rhythm. It's not going to work going forward. And the Browns put everything on Watson, and, and not just the contract. Remember, at the start of the year, heading into camp, 
You can roll your eyes then, but backup quarterbacks matter for a reason. Ask the Jets. Josh Dobbs was the guy. He was the quarterback who was going to be the backup for Deshaun Watson. Goes to Arizona, has real success because Kyler Murray is out, gets traded to the Vikings, and, and I would much rather be the Vikings right now in terms of who my quarterback is than a P.J. Walker-led Cleveland Browns team. The Deshaun Watson deal is not going to work in the long term, and even in the short term, which I think is not as significant, it matters, it's not going to work because they, the right, they don't have the right backup. And they've got a pretty pretty tough schedule. Steelers this week, and I just keep telling you, Mike Tomlin finds ways to win. I, I mean, I'm probably taking the Steelers in most of the games they play, regardless of the circumstances, because of Tomlin. Then it's at Broncos, at Rams. So those are, it's interesting, right? Those are winnable games with Deshaun Watson, but they're not guarantees, and, and Denver has played better. Then you've got a Jags team that just got absolutely hammered, but they're going to rebound. And you got a, uh, I don't know what it says in my schedule. It says W. I think it must be the Bears. It just says automatic win. It must be the Chicago Bears. At Texans, ironic and interestingly tough team, versus a Jets team that should feast on P.J. Walker and at the Bengals. So there's a, there's a route there for the 6-3 and three Browns to find their way to the, to the playoffs. I find it very un- unlikely they get there. I think you're looking at 8, 9, 10 wins, but it's P.J. Walker. It's, it's not Deshaun Watson. So this injury... Is a bummer for Cleveland fans. It's a bummer for Deshaun Watson. Here, I'll give him a flower. One flower. It is impressive that he p- tried to play through the pain and the injury. He played in the game, played through, obviously, an ankle injury and a broken bone in his shoulder. And I think it's Tom Pelissero who of NFL Network who reported that Deshaun Watson wanted to gut it out for the rest of the year. Wanted to shoot up that shoulder with a bunch of damn medicine and whatever whatever you're taking and get through it, and, and, and the reporting goes, the report goes, second opinion after third opinion after fourth opinion said, if you do this and you get hit in the same spot, your shoulder could basically fall apart. A gruesome injury. And that also, I think, is problematic for the Browns, and, and here's why. It is impressive that Deshaun Watson wants to gut it out. And I also think it's a perfect metaphor for what this time for him and Cleveland's going to be. He's going to try He's going to put in the effort. He's going to want to play. But even when healthy, we have not seen a great version of Deshaun Watson. And when he's been injured, we have seen a version that is vulnerable and probably speaks to vulnerability. I just mean physically going forward. And if he's going to struggle to be the Deshaun Watson that got all this money coming off a a layoff, what happens with another big chunk of time off and this one recovering from an injury and a surgery and a broken bone in your throwing shoulder? A lot of times with, injury, with injuries, I say I take no pleasure in it. That's not true here. And maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm not rooting for the guy to get hurt, but I have zero sympathy. And a little bit of karma for the Cleveland Browns. There is. The Deshaun Watson contract is not going to work. It's never going to work. Five years, almost a quarter of a billion dollars in guaranteed money. It's 230 or 240 I think it's 230 And that is going to be wasted money. That is going to be one of the most, if not the most, egregiously incorrect gambles in NFL history. The Browns are talented, they've got an interesting roster, and it's never going to work because their quarterback can't stay healthy. And the Deshaun Watson that tempted Cleveland to look past his alleged foibles off the field, that version, that quarterback, he's never coming back. 855-212-4CBS, you want to give us a call. Twitter at Pretty Daddy CBS, Sports Writer Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. 
I'm going to tell you some context. I'm going to ask Tom a question. I'm getting pretty tired of the Christmas music before Thanksgiving. In fact, the other day I sent Tom a photo of my radio. I don't know if it was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or, or, you know, have a holly jolly, shut the hell up, it's not after Thanksgiving. I don't know what was going on. It's actually making me physically angry. And I like Christmas music. I'm a Christmas guy. Tom sent back a bunch of, Tom likes to communicate in emojis. It's Tom, Tom's, a, Tom's a guy. Tom's an interesting guy. He's an emoji guy, all right? He's an, well, he's, a, he's got emojis I can't even access. I don't even know how, where they come from. I got a Christmas tree. I got a guy with a Santa hat on. I don't know. A guy was drinking a mug of nutmeg or something, whatever they, you know, whatever's going on. They don't drink nutmeg. There's nutmeg on it. Cider, hot cider. And I wrote Bah Humbug. Bah, bah Humbug. And then something happened to me, Tom, yesterday. Good morning, but you can get your good morning chant out of the way. Your 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 only way you'll start the show. Wow, it's a chant now. I like yeah. that. Good morning, good Bill. Morning. Happy Hump Day to Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I I had to I had to be somewhere yesterday. A little personal thing. I, I I missed the show, and um, they had a coffee bean, which is a a local sort of chain here in L.A. Great coffee. I like the coffee. It used to ta- taste like alien coffee when I moved here. Now it just tastes like coffee, so I've become an alien. But that's a different topic. Not actual alien, just Los, Los Angelino. So I go up there. I always get, if I'm treating myself, a hot vanilla latte. Like, give me the sugar. Give me all the bad stuff. Give me the caffeine. And I get up there, and I'm still mad about the – I'd heard a Christmas – it was like an hour and 20-minute commute for me to get to the spot. And I'd heard Christmas music in the car, and it almost I was raging. And I look up, and there's a peppermint latte thing with like a little Christmas sign around it. And I ordered it, and it tasted amazing. Here's my two questions. One, am I a hypocrite? And two, I couldn't halfway through the latte, I was thinking to myself, because those things are like $28 or some dumb, six bucks or whatever the hell. It's like, are you kidding me? It's a treat, right, for my terrible coffee at home. I can't decide if the peppermint, like the peppermint Christmas coffee is tasty or if I just want it to be tasty because I'm trying to hold on a little Christmas spirit secretly. You're a fraud. Simply put, you're a fraud. fraud. You're a fraud. You cannot order that when that is your attitude about holiday music that's starting to play a couple weeks early. You're a fraud. I think it can be too soon for Christmas stuff, but if someone gives me a a candy cane and I eat it, it's not as if it doesn't taste good. Yes, it still tastes good, but you can't eat it because you're not in the holiday spirit. And a candy cane outside of the holidays, like, no. Fraud. I don't really love candy canes. I like the green candy canes. Of course you do. I don't like the, the, the... Nobody eats the. They hang the candy canes on their tree, and then nobody. And then you throw them away at the end of the year. I would love to argue with you on that one, but yeah, that's right. Like I, I can't eats. tell you the last time I actually ate a candy cane. That's why you get the peppermint latte for twenty nine dollars. It's always embarrassing when you. Can I have a coffee? I'll take a latte, and then they tell you the price, and you, and you go. <clears throat> you trying to like be chill? Like how, how much? Oh, that's eighteen dollars, sir. For. No, I just got the coffee. Yes, sir, that's $18. And then it's, would you like the required 30% tip, or would you like to upchart? Up, I get out of there, it's 58 bucks. <laughs> sir, just, just, sir, just hand me your wallet. And then you got a tip? I did tip. All right, 855, here's a tip. Don't sign Deshaun Watson to a big contract. 8552, a little joke there for you, Tom, on a Wednesday. 855-2124-CBS is the phone number. Draymond Green, there was a, there was a ridiculous fight, fracas, that went down in the Warriors-Timberwolves game. And Draymond wasn't even a part of the initial kerfuffle. 
But then he got in there, and he put Rudy Gobert in a pretty effective headlock, by the way. I have a theory on it. I'm going to tell you what's really going on. I'm going to tell you what Dre really fears next year on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Writer Than You. Also, what does pet peeve mean? You're peeved off and that you turn it into your pet? Put it on a, let me put my peeve on a leash and walk it around. On CBS Sports Radio. Hey, can you keep your peeve off my uh, lawn? Thanks. 855-2124-CBS is the, the, phone, my, the phone number? My phone number? A phone number? Tom's my pet peeve. You are just the pet peeve. You know what? I'm glad you admitted it. I'm glad you finally said it. <laughs> it was a great segment we just did because we talked about a topic. Okay, 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 okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I like your sweater. Is this one of the gifts you got? This is a gift sweater? I don't Shirt? even remember. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like it because it's a sweater. It's a sweater. What kind of green is that? That's a special green. If I was good at colors, I would know. It's like a pastel green. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. I'm, I'm just wearing black. Yeah. The, the man in black, like Johnny Cash said. If you say so. Nothing but no one else says so. I've got to do it for myself. 855-2124-CBS. All right, here's what's going on with, uh, with Draymond Green. Let me set the stage. Let me set the scene. And then um, and Tom wants to do, are you still going to do a Rudy Gobert quote as a, as a French guy? Are you going to still do a quote? No. no. You want to read it? I never. I don't know why you're saying still. I never agreed you to wanna do, do it. You want to do it? Uh, last night, the Golden State Warriors, who are a fading dynasty, but have won, obviously, multiple championships, we're playing a Timberwolves team that Steve Kerr said is the best team in the NBA this year, and they may be. Anthony Edwards is a rising star. They've been amazing. There was no Steph Curry, which is to say their only good player wasn't wasn't playing, which is a problem. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and, and Chris Paul have been awful this year. They, they've been they've been awful. And <laughs> at a certain point, there was a rebound that kind of came off the you know off the glass off the rim. And Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels kind of got into it. And it continued. You have to watch the clip. It's, you have to sort of, it's hard to see because it's out of the focus of the play, where they start grabbing each other. And then McDaniels swings, kind of grabs Clay Thompson so hard he rips his jersey. But Clay's holding on to, right? So it's kind of a, it's a whirling dervish of a fake little faux fight, but it's aggressive. And Rudy Gobert runs into the mix to try and separate and keep Clay Thompson kind of out of it, right? Where everybody gets into it. And Draymond Green, it's pretty amazing considering how tall Gobert is and how short, relatively speaking, Draymond is, comes in behind Gobert, puts him in a headlock, and drags him what feels like three-court length. It's more like half of the court. Drags him from behind. And utter chaos ensues, and everyone is talking about what's going on. Draymond's been ejected, by the way, seven times in 115 career games without Steph Curry. Gobert thinks that's what was going on. In fact, you, you, you want to read it? Here's Gobert's take. You want to do it in a French accent? Uh, oui, oui. That's all I got. Okay. That's all I got. It is. Does he have, does he have a French accent? Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of funny. I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to read it straight. But I want you to think of it as a French accent. Here's Gobert. Now I want to do it. It's kind of funny because before the game, I was telling myself, I can't stop doing it, that Steph is not playing. So I know Draymond's going to try and get ejected because every time Steph doesn't play, doesn't want to play, it's his guy Steph. He'll do anything he can to get ejected. Clown behavior. And I'm proud of myself for being bigger, the bigger man again and again. And yeah, doesn't even deserve me putting my hands on him. My team needed me tonight. I did whatever I could to keep my cool and then show that I wasn't making the situation worse, and I do hope the league is going to do what needs to be done because that's just clown behavior. Not much to say. It's clown behavior. Or it is, it is clown behavior. 
I can't do a French accent. I can't know what to tell you, Tom. I don't know. You sound just like Pepe Le Pew. I do. That's that's my only that's my only reference. Here, I think, is the actual reality. Look, everything he said there is 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 accurate. It is clown behavior. The NBA should suspend him for. I mean, I don't think ten games is outrageous. I don't think he'll get suspended for that many, but I would suspend him for a giant chunk of games. But here's what's actually I think going on, and this happens with with superpowers. It happens with, with nation states. That is the desperate, panicked, angry reaction. The, the, the last desperate breath of a dying dynasty. That's what it looked like when you're Draymond Green. You have that personality, right? You're that emotional. You let your emotions get the best of you. This is a guy who kicked LeBron where the sun don't shine in the finals and cost his team a championship and the, the mark of the greatest team in NBA history when they won 73 games. And the reason I think it's this aggressive and this ridiculous, and yeah, Curry not being on the floor is a, I think triggers Draymond, because it tells him what they what everyone knows, the Warriors are done. This has been the talk of the NBA, or one of the sort of storylines of the NBA entering the season around the league is the Warriors' window has closed. Bob Myers, who ran basketball ops and is gone for the first time this year, left at the right time because he screwed it up. And they're not going to win. The only thing they can kind of push back on that is Steph. Steph. Steph Curry has single-handedly been ridiculous and has single-handedly kept them at a mediocre pace through his sheer, sheer greatness. He's going to miss some time. Draymond just got a glimpse of how bad it really gets when Steph's not there and or age catches up to him. And for me, this isn't just Draymond losing his temper. It's not just Draymond Green being a clown. It's not just, as Rudy Gobert said in my terrible, terrible French accent imitation, it's not just Draymond Green wanting to be off the floor because Steph's there. I think it is all the emotions and all the reality that the Warriors are no longer the Warriors hitting Draymond Green day after day after day and taking down Rudy Gobert. It doesn't sound like anybody liked Jordan Poole last year. It doesn't sound like anybody is glad that he was gone. It doesn't change the fact that Draymond Green punched that guy in the face and destroyed the Warriors' season in a practice. And now you have, again, Draymond Green losing his cool. And Draymond gets a pass, by the way, for a lot of reasons. One, maybe the main one, he's intimidating. The guy is direct, and he is smart. He's a funny, smart, biting guy. And when he goes at the media, they, we, they, people feel it. Two, TNT has given him a huge platform. He gets interviewed in games sometimes. That is power. That is influence. That is basically being the guy that covers the very thing that you do. I think it's ridiculous, actually. I understand the reasons for it. And, and, and three, Draymond Green's just super likable. When he's, he, he's smart. He's got that, that balance. Back in a different life, when I, was in pol- when I covered politics, I covered Bill Clinton a little bit. And Clinton could do what Draymond could do. He could be so menacing and so charming that there was a strict, clear dichotomy between which of those worlds you want to operate in. And so I think Draymond gets a pass. But Gobert's right. It is a clown show. I would call it childish, petulant, pathetic, sad, beneath him, not worthy of his talent and his abilities. And a sign that Draymond Green knows the Warriors' time atop the NBA is over. He is screaming for help, and it's not coming. Because Kevin Durant's not walking through that door. The old version of Dre and Clay are not walking through that door. And Steph Curry, as great as he has been, is not young enough to carry them. It doesn't have enough help in an NBA where you've got to have depth and multiple stars to compete for championships anymore. That, I think, is what's going on, Tom. That's where we're at. Can I give you a stat? 
that I found this morning that actually blew my mind, and it speaks to the point of this fading dynasty in Golden State. I love you asking only in a French accent. All right, then I don't have a stat for you. I can't Give blow your mind. Give me the stat, you baby. Give me the stat. All right, as you mentioned, no Steph Curry last night, but in the 11 games that Curry has played this season, 10 times, 10 of those games, he was the only Warriors player to score at least 20 points. I have not looked at it in the last week, but as of midweek last week, Steph Curry had been the leading scorer of his Warriors team in every single game they had played. And there was a game where he had, I think it was 18 points, and he was the leading scorer in that game. He has no—Andrew Wiggins has also been garbage. He, he's had no help. Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Chris Paul, none of those players I just mentioned have cracked— 20 points in a single game this season. And I know the Warriors fought hard, and it was a close game, and the Timberwolves had to had to come back in that game yesterday, or at least fight at the end. I believe, and Tom, I may have this wrong, I believe that Golden State in that fourth quarter scored 18 points in the final quarter. And the sort of spin, or not even spin, the positive outlook is look how, how hard they fought, and if the Timberwolves are really one of the better teams in the NBA, that's a it's a good loss. I don't think so. I think there was pure emotion and chaos. I, I know the Warriors were missing everybody. I mean, just multiple people were out of that game, and, and obviously Draymond added to the, the craziness. They're not very good. And their inability to get anything done, anything, without Steph, I think speaks to not just where they are, but why Draymond was doing what he was doing. Very quickly, I know that you all, um, Bart was on yesterday, right? I know Bart hit, hit, um, hit this a lot. I just wanted to to say, Buffalo fans, I'm sorry that I was right. You guys, you guys got all mad at me. I had to go on some local Buffalo stations, a, a local Buffalo, ours, Odyssey station, and and just defend my take. Was that last year that the the Bills window had closed? And I'm sorry that I was right. This is like talking to my wife, okay? I love my wife and I love you, Buffalo. But I know it's hard sometimes to just have me constantly be right about things you don't want to hear. Your window's closed. It is over. Other teams have moved up and evolved. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. You're not good enough. It's not going to happen. It's over. That loss on Monday Night Football was absolutely shocking and brutal. I do not think that it's the Broncos have found their rhythm under Sean Payton. No. You're just not able to win games that matter. You're not at the level that you thought you were. And it's 100%. It's 100% a wrap on Buffalo's championship odds. All right, 855-2124-CBS. Oh, Tom, let me ask you a question, actually, before we do this. In the past, I've gone abroad for Thanksgiving. We like to go. We like to like, get out of the country. May or may not be doing that again next week. My wife and I love it in part because we don't have to cook a Thanksgiving meal. Now, let me say this. I love the turkey. I'm not anti-turkey. Give me the stuffing all day long with some gravy. I love stuffing. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be fancy. Just make the make the like stuffing out of the box. Give me the mashed potatoes. Give me all the wine. But I never miss the Thanksgiving meal. Ever. I like doing it when it's around. Does that make me a bad American? Simply yes. Yes, it does. Simply yes. 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 I, I, what are you talking about? You don't miss the Thanksgiving meal? No. What are you talking about? Everybody loves Thanksgiving. If I'm in London, I'll go have some fish and chips. If I'm in Spain, I'll go have some meat. Goodness, you're hurting my heart right now. You are hurting my heart. I just, I don't know. I don't miss cooking it. I don't miss the dishes. Yeah, I understand that part. You miss the eating. 
the eating yeah. of the Thanksgiving meal. It's a lot of hoopla. And then, like, you, you get tired because the turkey just smacks you in the face. There's a lot of hoopla because there's a lot of payoff. It's the best meal of the entire year. I think I like a Christmas ham better. <sighs> Give me a Christmas ham. Listen, I'm with you. The turkey's the worst part of Thanksgiving. You still need to have some turkey. I don't want if it's Christmas the worst ham. part of Thanksgiving and it's the main dish, then it can't be the best meal of the year. Oh, the best meal of the year. No, 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 no The my best friend. meal of the year has to be focused on on the main dish. No, 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 no. Honestly, no, no. I think steak night might be the best meal of the year. And I'm not going to look past Taco Tuesday just because we take it for granted. I love me some tacos. But you, I'm an that, amazing taco maker. You could do that every single Tuesday of the year. You're not having Thanksgiving dinner whenever you want. I can also make snails once a year. Doesn't make it better because I waited. Yeah, but that's why there's so much hoopla and build up to it. It's only once a year. What's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? Um, Can't say your wife's cooking. No, I would Just never kidding. say that. I would no, never no, I say that. I'm not bringing anything off the air on the air. Uh, I forgot the fancy name for deer, but I had deer once, and that was gross. Venison. Yeah. I had goat brains. Yeah, that's gross. It was horrible. Yeah, it, it sounds fancy. horrible. Did you think it, it was going to be good? Well, I mean, they really were. The place was fancy schmancy. I'd had some cocktails. The food was out of this world. We'd been there before. We went back. It's a del. Yeah, no, don't, don't. I mean, this seems obvious, but don't order goat brains. Yeah, I, I don't think I needed to be told not to do that, but thank you for letting me know. It was very, very bad. The turkey's better than the goat brains. Wasn't the meal of the year once I had the, the goat brains. Thanksgiving is the meal of the year. I'm going to miss it. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. We did not do NFL Power Rankings yesterday. We're going to do them today. We've got a couple surprises for you coming up after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogus. You're listening to Writer Than You. I am embarrassed at what age I still thought I could go in Dubuque, Iowa, f- follow a rainbow, and try <laughs> to get the pot of gold. I really wanted that money. Yeah. On CBS Sports Radio. Was that a pain? Yeah. Or I relate to you. What was that? Was just why are you you? Yeah. yeah. Your gut instinct was right. That was a, that was a pain. That was a pain. Yeah. I can see it. I can I, I can see the rainbow. I can I'm thinking, okay, that's got to be over by the bridge. The <laughs> Julian Dubuque Monument. I could see you taking notes, okay? Ten feet to the left. Okay, I got to go due west. All right, I think I got it. I can't drive yet, so I have a bicycle, but I've seen Stephen King movies, so bad things are out there. What do I? But there's gold. Stay away from sewers and don't talk to clowns. I should make it. I think I got everything covered here. Do I need to take water with me on my journey? <laughs> How, How long, long is this trip going to be? Back? <laughs> when I was really little, luckily I was in, like I think, maybe first grade or kindergarten, some jerk neighbor's parent told me that there was gold buried on like halfway through the earth and I dug the biggest hole you've ever seen in my parents' side yard. Did you get there? You make it? I got in trouble. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, it was so big the house could have fallen in. You know, (laughs) I spent five hours as a kid just shoveling a hole. I hit something. I got it. No, that's just the foundation of the house. Can I tell you one of the proudest things I ever did? I'm going to tell you. We used to play this game when I was in first grade on Overview Court in Dubuque, Iowa, where we'd um we'd all chase each other around, right? We're kids. So it would always happen a certain, like after lunch. So in the morning I went out, and in my front yard was dirt. I dug a giant, like a three-foot hole, huge, and then I filled it with water and mud, and then I covered it with grass so you couldn't see it. 
and led the kids to the hole, and they went into it and tripped and fell and got all muddy. That's like diabolical. By kids, I mean she was she was my neighbor. She was a girl, and then she turned out to be very, very, very good looking in high school. We didn't date in high school. Didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> she married a pilot. All right, let's let's true story. She's a sweet girl. Hi, Teresa. Let's do NFL Power Rankings. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NFL Power Rankings. Number five. I feel like the, the 49ers led me into a trap. I thought I was running around. Everything was fine. Then I stepped into a mud trap. Set by the Niners. I fell for... Oh, look, they did lose, what was it, three in a row. Maybe it wasn't quite the okie-dokie. But they looked remarkable over the weekend. Dominated the Jags. I believe the Jags had negative three points. Is that correct, Tom? Is that the first game in NFL history? A team was docked six points? Uh, I believe they had plus three points. Negative three points for the Jags. Brock, there's two things that, that are going to dictate the Niners' ceiling here, and they actually take Jacksonville's place from last week's power rankings. One is obviously Brock Purdy. He looked really good. He played really well. Debo Samuel was back. George Kittle was back in, the, in a rhythm and, and, and really, really effective. And Purdy looked really, really good. Okay, that's one. Two is the, the defense. And it was diabol- diabolically dominant in that game. You have one or the other you're going to compete. You have both. Dominant defense and Brock Purdy playing the level he had until that skid, and the Niners will very quickly climb this list. Number four. I was talking to you earlier in the show, earlier in the day, about how it feels like nothing happened in the NFL because almost every one of these teams were off, including the Dolphins. I'm just, I'm still a believer in Miami. You sold your stock. Tom is a, he's not so much a get on the bandwagon guy so much as jump off the, he's on the bandwagon, the bandwagon hits a very basic and normal pothole, or maybe a bump. And even though we're going very slow, and you can just step off carefully. Tom flings himself headfirst off the, as if it's a crisis and emergency. Yeah, I'm the passenger in the car. I'm like, you guys hear that? Something's wrong with the engine. Something is I'm wrong. Out. We got to get out. I mean, you, you jumped off that Dolphins bandwagon, and, and you shouldn't have. And let me just give you a little momentum booster. The Dolphins have the Raiders. Now the Raiders look better, you know. With a new coach, a little little honeymoon boost, but whatever. They got the Raiders. They're gonna win. They're gonna play the Jets after that. I know the Jets are a difficult team, but unless Zach Wilson transformed into some other person, that should be a win. Then you've got the Commanders again. Not saying that's an easy, easy game, but that should be a win. This is a Dolphins team that could easily be nine and three when they roll on December 11th back home to play the Titans, and they got the Jets again. And they got the Cowboys. So the end is a little couple teams in there. I'm a believer in Miami, not Tom. I'm not jumping headfirst off the bandwagon. Things have smoothed out. It's going to be okay. Number three. Look, sometimes you lose and you stay on here. I mean, that's happened to the Chiefs several times, or a couple times this year. Every time they've lost this year. What is that? One time that they've lost this year? It happened to the Chiefs. No, twice. They got two losses. That's right, because they lost to Detroit to start start the year. I know the Ravens lost. I, I know it's it was not a it was not a great loss. I know it's a game that they probably should have won. It took me a while to get on board with who they were. I am there. They are talented across the board. I will just say this. This is not a are you going to win the Super Bowl rankings. It's a power rankings in the moment. I'm still a 
I'm a skeptic. Let's call me a skeptic on Lamar Jackson and on Baltimore when we get to the postseason or games that feel like that. And those could happen quickly because the AFC North is extremely, extremely crowded. A little less threatening to Sean Watson out, but still, all those teams are in the mix. They've still won four of their last five. They won a bunch of games before this. Baltimore still a very good football team. Number two. I mean, the Eagles are at number two and, again, didn't play. Good for the NFL to schedule all the good teams just be off on the same exact week. I got nothing more to say than the Eagles were who they were a couple weeks ago. They are the best team in the NFC. They are the cream of the crop on that side of things. They were in the Super Bowl last year. The only reason they weren't champions is because... Number one. Kansas City Chiefs. Have the Chiefs been on my power rankings every every week for the last three years? Four, I think they have been. Well, I've been with you for two and a half. I'm going to say yes to all two and a half years that I've been here. God, it's been two, it feels like it's been seven. Two and a half years together. Thank you for that. That's real. That's all we. That's all we got there, pretty daddy. (laughs) Pretty daddy. Pretty long time. Uh, It's definitely not a compliment. Don't try and spin it. It's not a compliment. It well, maybe I. No, it's not. No, it's been. It's it. it, No, it's it's not a compliment. But I still think you're great. Uh, By the way, huge Monday night football game coming up, to which I will not participate because I'll be on vacation. Thanks, 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 NFL. I'm going Friday, too. At least there's not a good Thursday game. Oh, wait. Is it Ravens-Bengals? I scheduled this, this vacation a long time ago. They didn't reschedule the World Series for next week, did they? Is that happening? Are the uh, NBA Finals next week? They're in talks. Nothing's finalized right. yet, but, you know, it, it might happen. They moved the in-season tournament, the NBA, that I'm supposed to cover up? Okay. Anyway, they got the Eagles, then the Raiders, then the Packers, then the Bills, then the Patriots, then the Raiders. Do you really see any of those games as games the Chiefs are likely to lose? They're at home, by the way, against the... They can lose against the Eagles, but they're at home. That's that's an arrowhead. Yeah, I won't say likely to lose, but they'll lose one of those games. They'll lose one of them. They host the Bengals at the end of the year, and then then the Chargers. I mean, they're going to go... They're going to go... They're going to go 14-3, and probably. That's the best power rankings we've ever done. Honorable mention... This is for you, Tom. You're the honor. No, who do you want? To, who do you want? You want to throw your Cowboys in there? You still, you still on the? Are you climbing back? I can't even keep track of where you are on the bandwagon of the Cowboys. Um, I'm more on the Cowboys bandwagon than I am the Dolphins bandwagon. And it, honestly, I'm going to use that word dichotomy. They both can't beat winning teams. That's my issue with both of them. Can you give me? Can you push that button again for me? Honorable mention. I'm going to go to the, the Detroit Lions. I'm still high on them. I took them over. I took the Dolphins over Detroit. Maybe that's a mistake. Maybe I let Detroit down. That's where I am. All right, let's do one more. At least you tried. This goes to the Chicago Bears, who I hate. The end. (laughs) Who's your damn team again? The Giants? I mean, I grew up a Jets fan. You I don't came, care at I all. Came Jets, into this, right. I came into this season, you would say the Dolphins were my team, but I'm out. How can you not have an NFL team that you actually care about and you feel emotional about? Because we do this for a living. It's not like you're in the locker room. No, I've never been in an NFL locker room. Rightfully I so. Have. Nobody should let me into an NFL locker room, an MLB clubhouse, NBA locker room, nobody. If you, if you walk into an NFL locker room, what? Who would they think you were? Like, what? 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 Do you, are, are you the towel guy? Are you the? Are you the backup punter who everybody likes? Ball boy? No, you're you're, you're higher than that. 
I'm definitely going to give off journalist vibes. Yeah, that tracks. Like, who's that little smug guy? Oh, he, he must be a journalist. <laughs> He's going to write that takedown piece on you. Yeah, yeah. That's Phil Bider. I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with you would be the awkward but sweet nephew of the owner. Awkward but sweet. <laughs> That's not a put- Well, because you won't talk to anybody. Yeah, especially in an NFL locker No directions locker given. Yeah. Who am I going to talk to? Go up to Travis Kelsey. He's nice. I will not be able to ask him a question. No, not face to face. What's your favorite uh, Taylor Swift song? That would go over. That would land. Oh, I'm sure he couldn't wait to answer that question. I like how I missed yesterday's Jim Harbaugh. We're the team of America. Shut, shut, shut up, Jim. Some of us are out here trying to defend you. It's like he spoke to my soul with that one. Jim, just just me and him. Yeah, I, I was rooting so hard for Michigan against Penn State. So hard, and I hope they win. The Big Ten, I hope they win the national championship. Harbaugh is right. They are America's team. <laughs> okay, that's how we know they're not, though. When you come down that aggressively on, yes, they are, they're not. If the Big Ten is going to suspend them, which, by the way, the punishment is so dopey. Three games, yes. but he can coach all Ooh, week long. Good word, yeah, yeah. It was a rush job. They didn't have all the evidence they needed, and they rushed. So you know what? Yeah, I'm Team Michigan. They needed more than a slap on the wrist. What they did is they did the fake handcuffs that aren't handcuffs. You can just get off yourself when you push the button at charity events. That's what this is. I hope they beat Ohio State by 50. They aren't going to, but they might beat them by 10. Michigan's. I, I don't care what the score is. Whoever loses that game better fall behind Washington. We'll hit this later on the show. College football angst. I'm really excited to visit our guy Howard Beck. He hates the name of this radio show. We're going to revisit that just because it makes him frustrated. And we're going to put him in uncomfortable positions because that's what I do to my friends. Howard back next year on CBS Sports Radio.